0: Day, what if cartoons got saved They start singing praise In a whole new way Yeah, I was thinking the other day What if cartoons got saved They start singing praise In a whole new way Yeah, yeah, That's what I mean, it's a close Fred and Wilma Flintstone Sing yabba-dabba-luya
1: So I hate to admit that I've really not seen a lot of Christian music videos. I think it's more out of self-preservation because they would just make me really uncomfortable and be pretty low budget but it sounds like you've seen a lot of them
2: i i've seen uh, a number of christian music videos um i think the game really changed with dc talk uh i think that's pretty well uh, known that the rap group dc talk uh had a vision it was really toby mack who had a vision that in order to get crossover appeal you had to make music videos the same way that secular music was making music videos
1: yeah and then you could just kind of like you wouldn't really get airplay on mtv or vh1 but i guess you could kind of sneak it out there somewhere and it was <laughs> liked it then you get some mainstream exposure i guess
2: to- to- toby Mac was really about bringing rap to christians not bringing christianity to rap fans um, like in the early 90s when their group like started it literally and we're not talking about dc talk today but literally michael tate would be singing in churches and then they would be like uh he'd be like i'm gonna bring my buddy uh toby up and he's gonna do his thing it's a little different but i think you'll like it and they wouldn't even ever say the word rap and then toby mack would just start rapping because like conservative churches in the early 90s did not like hip-hop
1: yeah i mean you have a very um specific demographic that you're you're having in churches i mean even before i remember growing up and there'd be like the screen and the lyrics presentation and someone like might have like a bass guitar and there'd be the Mm. drums with the little plastic thing around it right and it was like I knew that that usually the older crowd did not like that because it was then bordering on almost like rock so of course you'd have the you know the hesitance you know right we're getting into rap or
2: hip-hop or
1: you know you gotta <laughs> keep keep like the hymnal the organ you got to keep it more traditional
2: right right today we are not talking about dc talk we're not talking about rap and we're not even talking about a music video um we are talking about a guy with a piano and sometimes a guitar who won the 1999 Dove Male Artist of the Year Award. We're talking mm. about Chris Rice. Do you know who Chris Rice is?
1: No, that's such a generic name that does not <laughs> does not set him apart from, you know, you've, you've got Michael W. Smith, you know, instead of just Michael Smith and Stephen Kern Chapman. <laughs> but um i'm not familiar with mr rice
2: so uh let's send you a picture of chris rice so you can get a a vision of what this uh genius looks like okay and see if he looks like a chris rice i think i think he looks like a chris here we go take a look at that so oh god well while marissa looks at chris rice are you already looking at what 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 does he look like
1: um he reminds me of god what's his face the creepy mofo that they were later he was later found to be a creepy mofo um john k right from ren and stimpy
2: oh yeah
1: um yeah he gives me that vibe and i don't know if it's because it's (laughs) it's a 90s thing or yeah <laughs> that gives, that, gives that is me pretty that apropos. It gives me that vibe
2: i you have a good uh a good vibe for those things i guess because we'll I talk have... about that a little bit <laughs> you have, you have a good creep dar that's good um, that's it's
1: helped me a lot in my youth
2: <laughs> so we are going to talk about a song that never had a music video and in fact was a hidden track. Um, We will talk about why it was a hidden track, how it became uh, played, and why it is one of the most controversial Christian songs, probably the most controversial Christian song of the early 2000s. And you just just listened to it.
1: So I just listened to this song for the first time. It is one of those songs, not even necessarily Christian songs, but it's one of those songs that I would imagine would play in one of our middle school or high school chapels. And (laughs) it would be very wink, wink, nudge, nudge for the Mm -hmm. kids. And I would most likely look at my friends sitting around me and just make this face like, please kill me now. Um,
2: (laughs) So before we get into it, I, I mentioned it, there was controversy around it. Do you think you know why it was controversial?
1: I would make a guess of why I would think it was controversial, um, probably, it's probably way off because my mind thinks of the stupidest the stupidest things, but okay, so, I,
2: so, I have an idea. Okay, so save it, because uh, I want to give a little background about Chris Rice. Very, very brief, and then we'll talk about, about this song. Um, so Chris Rice was a guy who grew up in Maryland, um, had a couple years of piano lessons as a kid, but didn't necessarily, um, he wasn't like a, a prodigy or anything. Um, he was into the church, um, went through college working as like a youth counselor at like Christian camps and stuff like that. Um, and that's where he would play music and do like little skits for... The campers, um, and in fact, is where he wrote the song that you listen to. He was, it, it, I think you can see that. I think you can hear it. Um, it, it like like you said, um, it has that vibe of like uh, campy, um, good-natured fun.
1: Yeah, and I will be 100% transparent. I went to two Christian summer camps, week long summer mm-hmm. camps when <laughs> I was, I want to say 11, 12, 13, and I absolutely hated them. I, not you know, not to mention I'm I'm pretty antisocial individual anyway. I get along with right. people, but I cannot stand the forced like let's have a campfire and then let's have Bible study and songs like this would always come up and it would be you know there'd be that kind of they there'd be songs with like somewhat innuendos but it was all clean and it was all silly fun and games and I was just that kid who would just sit there stone face like I'm not gonna do this why am I Mm. here
2: right um so uh if Chris Rice was your counselor though and he was playing this kind of music you think you'd have more fun
1: Um, I mean, looking at his picture staring at me right now, um, (laughs) upping my discomfort level. Um, I just always thought it was just very, very try hard when you had, you know, now in retrospect, the camp counselors were probably, you know, younger than, than I am now, you know, they're probably in their, you know, early mid twenties and they were the evangelical crowd. Maybe they just needed a summer job to make some money. Um, mm-hmm. I do have um a couple close friends that were um camp counselors at Christian camps and it was more like good for you. This is something mm-hmm. you want to do, it's a fun way to spend your summer. But I being the you know very introverted antisocial um mm-hmm. person I was that didn't always want to go along with that, I was just like okay. Um it just it always seemed really fake to me to try to shoehorn in, you know, pop culture and things like that with, with worship and praise music.
2: I I can totally see that. Um, Chris, (laughs) Chris Rice did not necessarily have that problem. Um, He spent almost 20 years um, as a traveling speaker and songwriter, musician playing Christian high school and college conferences and camps all over the country. Um, and then he moved to Nashville and wanted to go like whole hog at becoming a songwriter and an artist. And he wrote a few songs for, um, some somewhat notable Christian artists like Kathy Tricoli and Terry Gibbs, who we probably will never talk about. Um, but then he wrote and recorded a song called Welcome to Our World, which I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it's a Christmas song that would later be recorded by Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, and John Tesh.
1: Oh, wow. That's a yeah. powerhouse triad yeah,
2: right there. <laughs> that, that is. And Michael W. Smith was just starting a new record label uh, and he, Rocket Town Records, and he signed Chris Rice as the first artist to his label. Um, and they released an album called Deep Enough to Dream, which got some, some notoriety. Uh, but then the album that we're talking about today came out in 1998 and it was called Past the Edges. And somewhere between Deep Enough to Dream and Past the Edges, an executive heard Chris Rice play the song you just listened to, which now we can call Cartoons or A Song About Cartoons. Um, to like campers and was like, you got to record this. You got to record this. And, uh, Chris Rice was super resistant. He didn't want to do that. Um, I think he's probably already heard some negative feedback about the song. Um, and he knew how popular it was, but it wasn't the kind of music he wanted to make either. Like, if you listen to some of his other songs, you're like, okay. Um, I can see how you're like a contemporary Christian musician. This is a novelty song.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and, and Christians love novelty songs. Uh, lots of Christian novelty songs make it big. Um, that that doesn't surprise me. Like um, the Newsboys, one of their bigger hits uh, early on was "In the Belly of the Whale" about Jonah.
1: Yeah, I can yeah. I vaguely recall that one, and it was that kind of like, oh, this is a fun song we're gonna sing in chapel.
2: Right. Exactly. And
1: yeah, of course I was resistant.
2: Um. So um he agreed to put it on past the edges but said that he would only do so if it was a hidden track okay so he wanted to bury it so it would never become a thing unfortunately that did not happen and lots of people found the hidden track including christian radio uh, DJs and they start play, started playing the song like gangbusters.
0: I was thinking the other day. What if cartoons got saved? They start singing praise in a whole new way. Yeah, yeah. Teenage, you, Ninja Turtles, Cow of yeah, dude. And there's everything frog here singing. Hi, hallelujah And that little bald guy Elmer, Front How will ya Cause I was thinking the other day What if cartoons got saved and They start singing praise In a whole new way Oh that big old moose And his friend rocky and our favorite bear named Yogi Hey Then there's all those little blue guys And they sing Ha la 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 Leluya How
2: about Beavis and that other guy? So then, the resistance started. <laughs> um, this is where the controversy comes in. So, you said you have an idea about what this is. This is what. 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 What do you think is the controversy? Because I'll tell you, there are like four specific things that people complain about.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) So so this song, like you said, it's called Cartoons. And the the whole setup is just taking mainstream cartoon characters, you know, Hanna-Barbera, Scooby-Doo, Rocky and Bullwinkle, and just basically using what I would perceive as heavily copyrighted material, (laughs) um, you know, referencing these different cartoons and and you know imitating them and it's all good fun that's the only I it's surprising me that that of course people complain about four different things um in my mind I think it would just be issues to copyright or those properties or people complaining that these cartoons are not christ-centered and so we shouldn't be Watching them anyway, but so, but tell um,
2: me, you're pretty way off. Um, oh, good,
1: good. As always, uh,
2: I I, <laughs> I will say that the reason why Chris Rice said he wrote the song was kind of the reason that you're saying that 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 he wanted to uh, kind of like uh, show Christians how ridiculous they were being about criticizing these cartoons. Yeah. And that that um like what would it look like if you got your way and like Christianity was like woven into these cartoons? Yeah. And it's 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 very much like a satirical song and I think that that's probably the reason why it's controversial because as you know satire either hits or it doesn't with people.
1: Yeah. And and um, some of it is pretty yeah, like it's I mean satire is I think even more so now you know, I, I'm going to say I grew up listening to Weird Al. Like, he, you know, I think doing the parody song or doing the songs that, um, that are satirical or a parody, like, you have to be good at the craft. Like, you, you can't, and especially doing a Kristen song and shoehorning in cartoon characters, I, I am not a fan
2: um so a lot of people were fans
1: of course i can i can picture Um, the average you know i did glance at the youtube videos for the fan made excuse me, youtube comments for the fan made video and yes lots of people chiming in that they love listening to this when they're 10 or 11 years old right that sort of stuff
2: so um like chris race uh he stopped playing the song which we'll talk about um at live shows and when he did he posted a eulogy for this song
1: oh goodness. on his
2: website and um he he said that night after night and this is a quote night after night while singing uh, this song in concerts i would spot people with their arms folded across their chest making it clear they did not approve of this song
1: that would be I, me that would be 13 <laughs> i don't know why i'm at this concert anyway but i'm like this is stupid
2: he said right next to them there there would be fans singing along with their eyes closed and their hands raised as if I were singing How Great Thou Art.
1: Oh, that's the worst.
2: Neither was my intended reaction. It has left me baffled and amused. We humans are funny. That is very kind.
1: So wait, he um, he did not like people that had their arms folded and were mad and he did not like the people treating it like a true worship song and, you know. Right. Oh, goodness.
2: Because his, his viewpoint from the get-go was that he didn't want the song to come out um but would you like to hear the four reasons that people and when I say four reasons that people really criticize I don't mean like individually one or two people do this like he would get thousands groups of emails, it would be like right?
1: mothers against Chris Wright songs <laughs> continuing playing
2: so um One common criticism was that hallelujah is a Hebrew word that means praise the Lord. So for him to use it the way he was, he was uh, changing the Lord's name and changing the phrase in a flippant and silly way. And that was offensive.
1: Okay. I can see that. And I would say anyone listening to this, if you haven't heard the song, you know, you, the magic of YouTube, you can just find, um, I just watched a fan-made video that had all the lyrics in Comic Sans. So that, that, and it had, you know, downloaded Google images of all the cartoon characters. So it's, it's a, you know, copyright nightmare, but I would listen to it and then kind of reference back to this for the issues with this song.
2: Um, One of the things that you mentioned while you were uh, watching, or listening to the song, rather, is that uh, you chuckled when when he said Beavis and that other guy. Yeah. Uh, That's another reason why fans hated it. Uh, They felt that he shouldn't refer to Beavis and that other guy in a Christian song for obvious reasons. should
1: not be referencing that disgusting cartoon (laughs) at all. (laughs) Does not even exist in this plane.
2: Right. Um, but still, more people than that criticized him for not letting Beavis and ButtHead get saved. So oh, okay. It, so in the song, all of these different characters are singing "Hallelujah" as if they were saved in their own like characters' voices. Mm-hmm. But when he gets to Beavis and that other guy, he just says "nah."
1: He's just like, just let them go to hell.
2: <laughs> right.
1: They're not. They're not. I mean.
2: Um, so, so fans criticize that as sending the wrong message that, uh, some people couldn't be saved or didn't deserve to be saved.
1: There are so many different avenues to this that I don't really think about. And then <laughs> kind of, you know, when I do delve deeper into thinking about it, like, I'm like, of course,
2: you know, conservative Christian fans would think this. And, How could and, I be
1: so blind?
2: And there's one more that came up a lot when I was researching this, which is that, Uh, referring to the Smurfs in a Christian song was wrong. Because the Smurfs do magic, they are demonic.
1: Okay. Um,
2: So, um, how do you feel about that?
1: I have never watched the Smurfs (laughs) at all. I know there's one girl one and a lot of just like non gendered ones, but I think this guy was just trying to play any cartoon that he could and he just had to throw that in.
2: Okay. I think I think uh the follow la luya works pretty well for the song and I think he knew that. Um but and it makes it kind of catchy and sick in your head too. Like that's a part of the song that kind of like gets stuck in my head when I hear it.
1: Yeah, I'm really hoping this song doesn't get stuck in my head because I hate it.
2: (laughs) So Chris Rice was was signed to uh, Rocket Town Records, which was Michael W. Smith's record label uh, for like a four-album contract. He fulfilled that contract in 2004 and then um, Rocket town released a Chris Rice greatest hits album that had this song on it Was it hidden? No Oh no And uh, it had already been getting a lot of airplay, already controversial but when it re-released it became a bigger hit Oh no In 2004 And in November of 2004 Chris Rice stopped playing it at live shows And because he had fulfilled his contract, Chris Rice left Rocket Town and went to a new label. And while he won't comment the reason, I think it's pretty obvious that this song had a lot to do with it. Um, He really did not like playing the song anymore. He, He didn't like that people didn't get it, that nobody seemed to get his song and what he was trying to say. Um, and the record label was like, no, people love it. You got to keep playing it.
1: Well, yeah, of course. It's a record label. Make <laughs> exactly. Money. Exactly. Like, they don't care what he thinks.
2: <laughs> um, so I think that uh, b- before this started, I told you something about Chris Rice.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and. I feel like if you have that in your mind and you hear this song
1: it it skews it it skews it entirely (laughs) which is the reason
2: why I told you Um, so now I'm going to tell all the listeners uh, in October of this last year 2020 uh, a young man came forward uh, accusing Chris Rice of sexually assaulting him repeatedly as uh, a performer and a counselor at Christian camps. Holy shit. Um, and uh, connected to this this one church in particular who was being, inve- who, who another pastor was being investigated. Um, and so, like, this other pastor was under investigation, and this kid came forward and was like, Chris Rice did this to me.
0: Um. Um,
2: so. Uh, since since that happened, Chris Rice has deleted almost all of his social media. Um, the only thing that exists is his Instagram account, and it's private. Um, he won't he won't like talk to the press or anything. He's just kind of hiding. Um, I don't think he can be charged with anything. I think the statute of limitations is way expired. Um, but I think as kind of a a Juxtaposition to uh, Ray Boltz. His music still plays. His his back catalog gets, still gets played on Christian radio. Um. How do you? Why do you think that is?
1: I mean. I've never heard of this Chris Rice guy, which is really yeah. odd to me because that song, that cartoon song, I think you said it came out in 2004? Yeah, it,
2: it, well, it, came, it
1: came out- uh, Or he stopped playing it, it in it, 2004.
2: Yeah, in, in ninety eight, from 98 to 2004, which would be like the years that you would have heard it, um, I would think. Uh, it was played all over the place.
1: They probably did play it at at Christian camp. Um, I don't remember ever at Kristen's school. Granted, I graduated high school in two thousand five, and I do think this song, you know, once you're hitting your teenage years, it 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 is a little a little <laughs> too goofy for. I think if you're you know elementary middle school, that's your target age, but. And apparently, his target age too. Um, <laughs> oh! I know I went there, but yeah, I, I mean, I would assume they're not playing it for the reasons that he is, you know, apparently a sexual predator. Versus the issues that you mentioned before about like, oh, Beavis and Butthead need to get saved and go to heaven.
2: No, but they, but what I'm saying, is that they still play songs like this by Chris Rice, oh, yeah. whereas they don't. Where they don't play Ray Rice or Ray Bolts song for being gay. Well,
1: of course, like, that's it's just it's just
2: hypocrisy. But, but but I don't understand that because like, Chris Rice assaulted a dude. Is it well, because it's like an allegation? Yeah, so I like, I feel
1: like any anything of that they just they try to sweep under the rug and yeah. You know they do the thing where they're like oh he's not a member of the church anymore and he's not an employee uh we cut ties but never really acknowledging things that happen and you know how you know people's lives were devastated it's just like oh he's you know kind of like the catholic church where it's like oh yeah we send him to another parish and Mm -hmm. you know that was it
2: when when i listened to this song right before we started recording when you were listening to it i just kept thinking this dude probably molested a kid right before writing this song.
1: Oh no, don't.
2: Or right after. I mean, and it fits it just fits so well with that too, like it this song would be catnip for children for a predator, you know what I'm saying? Like he could play yeah. this song to a bunch of kids and they would love it and then they would just like adore him. Uh you know what I mean?
1: Just like in, there's always those things where I learn and then in hindsight, it mm-hmm. just really taints the media or it's just like, nope, not gonna. I mean, kind of like we discussed before, you know, separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's a shame that, I mean, as a song that I didn't really care for anyway, <laughs> um, I'm surprised I did not hear it until now but at the same time it's like well it sounds like some some shit was going down too.
2: Yeah. So that that's uh that's the cartoon song by Chris Rice. Um,
1: yeah, I would encourage everyone to to listen to this especially the the lyric videos and comic stands that have terrible clip art just thrown in <laughs> and yeah, apparently I can I can see why kids kids love this song and you know now it is kind of just swept under the rug because uh you know 2020 everyone you know stuff happened including right. including this uh kentucky church investigating um chris rice there, there you go wow thank you for a very uncomfortable episode
2: <laughs> the worst thing is that the, that was like the most light-hearted song
1: in I know it took a contemporary t- Christian t- music. <laughs> yeah. So, mm, thanks Russell. You're uh, welcome. Thanks for introducing this to me and um yeah, we'll catch up next week.
2: Definitely.
0: Sing hallelujah. All the guys sing with me. Here we go. Hallelujah. Ladies, echo. Hallelujah. Hear it, man. Hallelujah. Go. Hallelujah.